Track 29 is Chattanooga's premier entertainment venue, located on the south side in the historic Chattanooga Choo Choo Complex, hosting national, regional, and local talent in an intimate setting. Experience world-class music in a world-class venue. Check out the Track 29 calendar at www.track29.co and join the street team, the dispatchers, to be even more a part of the music experience. I have actually been on the street team for a couple of years now. I get to go to cool events and get show tickets for free. It's also a great way to meet other people who love music. If you would like more information, feel free to ask. You are listening to Open Mic Spotlight with Heatherly Holt. Open Mic Spotlight is a weekly podcast featuring intimate conversations and performances with musicians and artists from Chattanooga and the surrounding areas. Take a closer look at all the wonderful talent and culture the Chattanooga music scene has to offer. Welcome to another episode of Open Mic Spotlight. Today is a little different because we have Mr. Ryan Darling here. Hi, Ryan. How are you doing? <laughs> it's good to be here on a Monday mm-hmm. after the time change. Good day for it. So this episode is special because Ryan Darling is not a musician like all of our past guests. He is a comedian. Yes. Yeah. I Well, I am a musician or was a musician. <laughs> And I kept getting kicked out of band, so I just started doing comedy. What did you play? I played bass and keyboard, and I actually sang a little bit. Oh. A little band, if you guys remember in Chattanooga, Six Step Program and Bialetti. Oh. We were real big in the Fathom scene like a decade ago. How did you get into comedy? Oh, I I got into stand-up about five years ago. Joel Rees was the only guy in town doing like DIY open mic comedy and it was like a once a month show at the office mm-hmm. and I had just gotten done with a year and a half relationship and I was like I'll show her <laughs> I started doing comedy and from the first night I just loved it I was like oh this is exactly what I've been looking for creatively after that there was only like four local comics in town at the time and Joel was like all right well just Here's a real show, and I just kept bombing, you know. Mm-hmm. I had a first good time, and then I just kept just bombing for a while, but I stuck with it. It's been bombing as in no one is laughing? Yeah, bombing as in no one is laughing. And everyone's looking at you like, what is he doing? Yeah, it's what everybody's nightmare is in comedy, but every comedian does it yeah. all the time. Even the big ones, even now, still bomb from time yeah. to time. So, oh, yeah. Yeah, there's like a, a video of George Carlin about like three months before he died. He's just in a little 90-seater room and going up, and it's George Carlin, and he's even eating shit. So that's great. It happens to the best of us even right before we all die. So (laughs) I guess it's all about the delivery, and even though he could tell the same jokes that he's told before, he delivers it wrong or is in the wrong kind of mood, and it just kind of— Yeah, there's a lot of that. If you you are not in the right headspace for it, I I mean, I've messed up jokes— a, by being too drunk. That's a big problem that happens mm-hmm. at open mic sometimes. Or just saying the right thing the wrong way mm-hmm. is a huge thing. Or sometimes, you know what, that joke was only funny to you. Which, or certain people. That happens a lot. Yeah, 
There's yeah. plenty of jokes that I say to myself all the time that I'll, I'll run on my girlfriend and be like, hey, what do you think of this? And she'll just go, okay. And I'm like, all right, that's probably. So do you test them out right. mainly on her? No, I mostly run jokes on stage. Mm-hmm. I j- <laughs> Sometimes I'll get a premise and I'll be like, hey, babe, what do you think of this? And then she'll go, oh, that needs work. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, nice. <laughs> well, let's talk about you a little bit. I'm, Are you from Chattanooga? Yeah, born and raised. Awesome. Born in the East Ridge Hospital. Did you go to school? Like, what, what, what no, happened? I do, no, self-taught. Yeah? No. Of course. I went to school. I was, uh, I went to <laughs> private, yeah, self-taught from, you know, age three. Uh, that's why I'm an idiot. <laughs> no, I, I, I went to school at Grace Baptist Academy for two years, and then my parents had the great idea of homeschooling me mm. for uh, from second grade to ninth grade. And then from like 10th grade on, I went to Silverdale Baptist Academy. Were we talking about high school or did you want to talk you know, about UTC? You know, anything you want. Did yeah. you go to UTC? I did go to UTC. Well, Chat State, like every Chattanooga that was born here, we start out at Chat State and <laughs> move on to UTC. Mm-hmm. Did you go to UTC? No, I went to UGA actually. Oh, are you from? Are I'm you from Atlanta? Oh, okay. That's why I'm a little different. <laughs> yeah, that makes a little sense. Yeah, you're you're a big city. We're all just a bunch of hicks down here, so that's fine. UGA. Yeah. Did you, did you go to games like back in the day, like Georgia Bulldogs? Well, I worked there? like three jobs, and I was I was in so many ensembles, and I just spent all my hours and days in the practice room, but. To be honest, I worked at a restaurant, and Saturdays were big oh, okay. on game days. Oh, yeah. You yeah. can imagine. You can't miss that money. Mm. Which which? No, I just couldn't get out. I worked at oh, Outback. Yeah. Oh, actually. wow. Not even one of the, like, cool Athens bars. Yeah, I mean, no. not to talk smack about it Outback. Was, it was way out of the Give way. It was definitely where the money was at. Yeah. Oh, Believe hell it yeah. or not. Yeah. I mean, Outback, that's, like, the biggest, most expensive chilies. <laughs> Kind of restaurant they're in. Like, I guess it's like right under J. Alexander's, but like way above Chili's. It's like Outback oh, yeah. Steakhouse on a Tuesday. Yeah. You must be rich. But I'm telling you, depending on what time the game was, we would be slammed. We would get slammed at like nine o'clock. Yeah, I was in Knoxville this Saturday and I hadn't been up to like a college football town during a home game probably ever. Yeah. And I mean, I was like, oh, yeah, this is nuts. It's yeah. just a sea of orange and just. When you got done with college, what did you do? Well, I dropped out of college twice because of just not really mm-hmm. caring about any of it. And then what were you studying? Nothing in particular the first two times was in college. And then I finished, I got my degree uh, in political science. And I currently bartend and cut grass for a living. And so uh, political science really helps out with all that. It's just, is a huge waste of time money and effort <laughs> kids if you're listening at home don't don't go to college it's a big waste of time and money drop out i that's <laughs> like the big trend these days it's like everything that you want to do you don't really need a degree for it you really there. don't are i was thinking st- about are you to- still paying for it like i am yeah oh yeah i'll yeah. be paying this off forever if they can find me hey <laughs> <laughs> right now i'm like under the radar i'm like yeah that ryan darling's dead so i mean Whatever. Cut that out of the podcast. In case, <laughs> in case there's anybody in the student loan department, try and find me, asshole. Uh, but. So you work at JJ's as a bartender. Yep, sure. Enough. And you head up the 
open mic comedy at JJ's on Wednesdays, right? Yeah, I I took it over. It it started about four and a half years ago, almost as long as I've been doing comedy. Since I've been doing comedy, that room has been a room every Wednesday. I don't I think we've missed maybe five Wednesdays in five years, wow. which is pretty spectacular. Mm-hmm. When it started, like I said, there was like five people there and Joel Rees used to run it. Um, he's now in Atlanta doing a show, a sketch show called Ladies Night that's really taken off, but it's it's more comedy sketches than it and is. And he's brought that up comedy. here. Yeah, he's brought it up that's here. Nice. It, uh, it'll come back, I think, whenever Cinerama reopens, okay. it'll be coming back as, I think, the first Friday of every month. Oh, wow. Uh, and awesome. it's, a, it's a great show. It was yeah. awesome when he had it here, and he's still doing it at, in Atlanta. It's mm-hmm. awesome. When we started, nobody knew what they were doing. Mm-hmm. We just kind of lived and learned. And about two years ago, Joel left and just left me kind of in charge of everything. <laughs> and so we got chairs donated from the coin up. And then I bought some metal chairs. And then we have a stage light. That's important. A straight stand, a stool, you know, basic things for a comedy show. And then I just wanted to start taking it a lot more seriously. Brand new comics used to get 10 minutes. And I don't know if you know how long that is it's to hear somebody not know how to tell jokes, mm-hmm. tell jokes for the first time. Mm-hmm. It feels like an hour and a half. And so I just shaved everybody down to, if you're brand new, you get three minutes. And then until you can carry the weight of three minutes, then you'll get five. Mm-hmm. But everybody kind of gets cut off at five right now. But it's it's great. I mean, things are, we I mean, now have audience members. Whenever I go in there on a Wednesday, it's there's a lot of people there. Mm-hmm. And it's free. Yes, absolutely. 100% mm-hmm. free. It would It's criminal to charge people for... To have to sit through an open mic sometimes. <laughs> well, Our open mic's good, but I've been to a lot good. of It's pretty good. I yeah. mean, I, I found it pretty funny when I went. And you do take it very seriously. Like, you're not allowed to talk. You're not allowed to scream at the... At the... Comedians. Comedians. Yeah. 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 No, it's... Yeah, we do get very... Well, it's a lot... I mean, I, I think bands... Is how we differ from most open mics. Like, if you have a guitar and you're playing... You're kind of used to people ignoring you. If there's a couple people paying attention, that is awesome. But you can kind of just play through people talking over you, and you kind of get used to it. In comedy, if anybody else is doing anything in the room, you're up on stage going, why aren't they listening? What is going on? Like, you're trying to figure it out, and then it distracts you from everything you were going to say. And it's already distracting not getting laughs like if a joke bombs that's a distraction and you feel bad but if somebody's being like rude and talking it is uh is it's almost impossible to even get through through doing your jokes Mm -hmm. i mean i'll say even when i'm doing open mic singing and playing guitar it's uh, it's frustrating when everyone's talking and especially when they're like three feet away from the stage and just screaming at their friends because it's loud. Yeah. And they're screaming over you. (laughs) Just like, don't you know this song's about my ex-boyfriend? Listen up. And then they come up to you, you know, five minutes after you're off the stage. I really liked your set. Did you know? Did you hear it? I think you just noticed (laughs) I was up there. (laughs) So when you are trying to find subject matter to talk about, I, Where do you go? 
uh, the scriptures. That's no, I, it really just, it, I mean, I think kind of a hard question to answer. I talk about anything from get not getting diarrhea enough to not knowing how to accept love in my life. So my act kind of goes through just everything that's in my brain all the time. Mm-hmm. I mean, some of it's about obviously about my upbringing, but just like when you're looking for material, I, I think the m- number one thing is like what makes me laugh the most. Mm-hmm. And then just trying to figure out like, okay, I find that idea ridiculous or funny or sometimes important and then start backwards. But those jokes never land well. The jokes where you're like, I want to do a joke about, you know, political corruption. And then you work your way backwards. That never lands. Yeah. It always needs to be funny up front and then transformed into something else. But yeah, I mean, when I'm looking for material, I, I just kind of look into things that make me happy a lot and things I find ridiculous. Or this is probably the best answer is one thing I like to find in myself that I, I like to find the hypocrisy of my own actions and my own words and find, all right, so you say you believe this. If you really believe this, then let's take logical progression and just take it to its most ridiculous level and then go through that. I'm not a very religious person, but I believe in baseball curses, like the Chicago Cubs were allegedly cursed. But I believed that, you know, which is weird. And my girlfriend's an astrologist, and she's great at astrology, and she's kind of making a believer out of me. But I still think it's ridiculous. But I'm like, well, I also think that goats stopped a team from winning the World Series. So I don't really have a logical ground to stand on. That's kind of the battle I like to have on stage, is just finding where I'm definitely wrong Mm -hmm. and then still trying to prove that I'm right. Yeah, I mean, I like how you draw from your own personal experiences and how you see things rather than what you think will make other people laugh. Yeah, that's a very different type of comedy, I think. Yeah. Is when it, I think that's also one thing that separates comedy that from pretty much most art forms is if you're not being absolutely true to yourself, then most people will see straight through it. I mean, I heard someone say this about music last week. Yeah. I have a hard time writing songs that aren't personal. Yeah. And some people can do it. Yeah. Randy Newman is one of my favorite people, and he can do that yeah. stuff. Like, he can just write a story. It's the same thing with Bruce Springsteen. Yeah. But Those are some most of people guys. cannot. You know, yeah, it comes out sounding personal. very unauthentic yeah. and not funny or not a good song. Yeah. It's <laughs> kind of funny. Jerry Seinfeld's like one of the biggest comics, but... None of his jokes are, like, about him. Yeah. They're just, like, about Chinese food or whatever. And it's like, all right, I mean, as funny as that, that's just observational. But I I think comedy now is more headed towards a direction where people are being very, I guess, open mm-hmm. and honest about how they feel With about a lot of things. And I feel like a lot of the really popular stand-up comedians right now, that's what it's all about. Yeah, for sure. That's also a good point on that is that's actually more of what we go for at JJ's in the underground Uh comedy scene where, and I'm not going to try and talk out of school and talk smack about comedy clubs, but generally comedy clubs, they want you to play being like, do jokes about the town or the flea Mm -hmm. market or, you know, it was like, 
how about your wife? And I'm like, I don't have a wife. But they want you to do jokes that are going to please the audience yeah. and not the performer. And mm-hmm. then at JJ's, the audience kind of comes to see the performer work stuff out. Yeah. And that's the big difference in between doing like bar comedy and this weird stuff than doing it just at a club where they're just trying to sell $20 nachos. Yeah. I, I like that you guys have a comedy fight sticker up there. What is that from? Well, that's uh, it's actually another open mic that started this year. Yeah, it started early 2016. Ian Sharp runs it. Um, he'd be a great guest for uh, maybe another one of these. Uh, he runs an open mic at the Honest Pint every Sunday at 9, and it's in the main room now. It started out in the small room, but it's kind of grown. And there's about, I think, seven or eight open mic spots. Mm-hmm. And then after that, he has a wheel of hack premises is what it's called. <laughs> Eddie Bridges made the wheel. And you at the end of the show, he spins the wheel and two comics have to write jokes about the exact same premise. So it could be about ex-girlfriends, pets, politics, or, you know, mm-hmm. and they have to do like seven minutes. They have a week to write the jokes and they end the show with Comedy Fight. And whoever wins that goes to the next round and yada, yada, yada until... There's a champion. And so I think there's been three or four champions, but the fight is always fun. How do they pick which two get to do it? That's drawn at random. Oh, okay. And then they have to show up the next week. But that's done at the end. Yeah, that part is done at the end. But then there's always a fight, except for, I think, whoever the champion is, once the champion is decided, they get to come back and do like a 15-minute set. Oh. The next cool. week while they decide who's the next. Uh, Do you participate in that one? I show up as often as I can. Uh, unfortunately, HBO's Sunday lineup is dope as fuck. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. uh, and I have a girlfriend. And so sometimes, you know. You gotta make time for the important things in your life. Sometimes you do. Like, I mean, I missed 10 weeks in a row because of Game of Thrones. So yeah. I did. And it was like right when the mic started. But it's a great room and I love it. And it happens every Sunday? And it happens every single What time Sunday. does it start? Nine o'clock. I think okay. sign up for the mic is 8.30. Also another reason I missed it is because it used to be at 10 o'clock. Oh, and wow. that's a little late for it's a Sunday a little late for me. But now that it's in the main room, comedy is now more popular in Chattanooga than Celtic music. So <laughs> we're doing pretty good. So because of that, they kicked the Celtic people out of Sundays, and we got their time. And it's great. It's pretty awesome. Ian Sharp runs that. Ian Sharp. He used to be in Unspoken Triumph. Man vs. Tree was an old band. That's back in my day. And with Faith of Flames, you know, some pretty legendary Chattanooga hardcore bands. Mm -hmm. He's another ex-musician who started doing stand-up. I think you could be an ex-musician and either do stand-up or an ex-musician and be a DJ who also sells drugs because <laughs> that is mostly the two paths I've seen from people I used to do music with, but mostly comedians. So we have JJ's on Wednesdays, which mm-hmm. is free. We have Honest Point on Sundays. Yep. What time does it start at JJ's? Sign up is from roughly about 7.30 to 8.30. Mm-hmm. It's not technically an open mic. Uh, there are open spots on the mic, but... How JJ's is actually run is we have four spots for uh, what we call residencies. Mm -hmm. So they're guaranteed a Mm -hmm. spot for about a month. And then we also generally have one, maybe two comics from out of town 
And these have varied from people who have been on Comedy Central to just people from Atlanta and Nashville or the surrounding cities. And we give them longer times and we take donations at the end of the night so they actually can earn money. So the open mic portion is roughly about an hour long, but there's usually a couple spots. Sign-ups for that are about roughly 7.30, 8 o'clock, and then the list is finished by 8.15. But it's not a first-come, first-serve basis. We're not very democratic about it at all, and we're not really worried about hurting people's feelings because we want to put on a A good good show. show. And that's kind of hard to do in comedy. Everyone that I've been to, I've laughed a lot. We're very privileged. I've been to open mics in New York City for comedy, and they are the worst thing (laughs) ever. Is literally nothing but comedians. And comics are not a great audience, (laughs) generally speaking. In a city that big, they don't care about each other. Mm -hmm. So therefore, they don't even watch the other. They just go up and they leave. And they're Mm -hmm. just like, I'll be famous soon. There was a guy at Tremont who did some stand-up. Oh, really? And Who was it? I don't know. He was a young guy. Couldn't have been more than 22 years old. It didn't go so well. You know, we've thought about trying to do that. I, I thought it would actually be kind of fun to get like three comics together and just go invade. But everybody's kind of used to talking there. Yeah. Nobody's there to just, I mean, there's people there to listen in and out. It got quiet. Everybody was like, what is happening? And everybody was kind of just stunned after they got quiet. Like, wow. It's such a different atmosphere. People wanted to laugh. They like kind of chuckled, but it was more like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, pity laugh. Pity will laugh their way through. That's kind of the fun thing about stand up. If you do a bad enough job of it, you'll tuck your tail between your legs and just never return. Uh, I've definitely had rooms like that where I'm like, I am terrified of that stage. But now I'll just do terribly someplace and be like, well, next time. <laughs> and, you know, come out with a vengeance. So, are there any other comedy places that you like to attend besides? Honest Pint at 9 on Sunday or JJ's at 8 on Wednesday? Well, I'd be remiss if I did not mention a room on Thursday nights at McHale's Brewhouse over on... It's not on Dayton Boulevard, but it's Ashland Ashland Terrace. Terrace. That's where it is. A comic who's been doing it about three years, maybe a little less, Jared Nipper. He runs an open mic out there. It's also started this year. And because of the location, it's growing slowly. But if you're listening to this and interested in trying stand-up for the first time, start there. Mm -hmm. Like, go into that room. It's a no-pressure room. You'll get the idea of going up on stage. You'll actually get a full five minutes. You'll meet a lot of the comics very personally. And everybody's pretty nice new comics. It's definitely a place where a lot of comics hang out. But they're starting to get a little bit of a crowd, and that's that's good. What time do they start that on Thursday? Pretty sure they start at 8 o'clock. What out of town, where do you especially like to go to see comedy? Oh, man, I love Atlanta. Uh, I mean, A, I love Chattanooga and everything we bring in. I couldn't be prouder. I mean, last month we had Kyle Kinane, Ben Kronberg, Billy Wayne Davis. I mean, you've you've been doing an awesome job bringing in some really good talent. It's been a lot of work, but it's definitely been great and i love knowing that i've brought these people in and they've had great times Mm -hmm. and great sets here and you know it makes me have a little bit of civic pride in my city being like oh look at how many people are out here to see these guys well you put on a show at honest pint yeah two two now who did you have out there we had doug stanhope and he was sold out right 
Real close. We yeah. haven't quite sold out Honest Pint yet. Pretty big venue to sell It out. sells out at 200, oh. and honestly, it probably needs to lower its capacity yeah. a little bit because I think 200 people for a comedy show in that room is a little much. Because at that point, could you get 200 seats in there? Well, there is some standing room on that one. Yeah. That's kind of not everybody's guaranteed a seat past, yeah. I think, 150. Mm-hmm. And so we've had standing room only in both the shows we've put on there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Doug Stanhope and Kyle Kinane, and those are great names to get in, and those were terrific shows. But I also love seeing shows at JJ's. Also, you asked about out of town. Atlanta is amazing. Just their local talent pool. Where do you go? Oh, Atlanta. If I'm doing shows, Relapse Theater and The Hangar are just two cool little bars. Relapse Theater is a terrific room for comedy. Also, the best show on the universe that's free next to JJ's is uh, Star Bar on Monday nights. Nothing but amazing comics and even high-profile comics like Hannibal Burris and TJ Miller have just walked in and just done sets. It's a incredible room. It's pretty much the same size, a little bit bigger than JJ's, but I've modeled JJ's mic after Star Bar because I saw what they were doing and I was like, this is the best show that's free you'll ever see. Yeah. I need to find out how to do that in a much smaller city. And we're definitely getting towards it. Well. Yeah, we're doing real good. How do you feel about improv comedy? I like it. It's it's probably the thing that scares me the most. Mm-hmm. It's um it's stand ups, I think we're all kind of loners. I mean, like I mentioned earlier, I've gotten kicked out of bands because I was a little bit of a control freak. So improv, you have to trust your people, and it's not all about you. It's a, it's amazing if you see it done right. We actually have a really good improv troupe in town. Ooh. Yeah, Sean Phipp and uh, Kevin Bartolomucci, and they got a good troupe. I've been to a couple of the shows, yeah, and they're, they're just terrific. They're really funny. They include the audience. Yep. And, I mean, I've been to quite a few whole world theater in Atlanta yeah. improv stuff, and the thing that they have going on is a class as well, isn't it? Oh, yeah. They also take class. I took one of the classes. Yeah. Because it's, it's something that it scares the crap out of me. But, yeah, they got improv classes, and they're fun. They're, mm-hmm. It's a good time. I think it's like 75 bucks for six or seven lessons. You get to meet cool people. And what is it called here? It's just called Improv Chattanooga. Oh, yeah. And then... I can't remember what their shows are called, but they do them at Barking Legs and they do them at Grand Falloon. Mm-hmm. If you're interested at all in improv comedy, I'd definitely look up Improv Chattanooga because A, they're the only people doing it in town, but B, because they're actually good. I've seen some bad improv and yeah. seeing bad improv compared to bad stand-up. Bad stand-up is rough to watch. Bad improv is... <laughs> I can't watch it. I will have to leave the room and be like, this is just embarrassing for everybody. For those of you who are listening that don't know what we're talking about, it's kind of like whose line is it anyway Mm -hmm. that I would compare the improv comedy stuff to? No script. No script. They are given certain parameters to work with at the beginning, sometimes given by the audience and pulled out of a hat. You never know what you're going to get. Just chaos. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Mm -hmm. you got to be very talented to do it. 
It's the class taught me a lot about how to do crowd work and some skills that I didn't necessarily have in my back pocket. And I wish I was better at improv. I had mm-hmm. some decent chops. And I mean, I guess I could take more classes and stuff, but um, makes you better well-versed comic mm-hmm. to be able to do both. And so it's a very cool. Yeah. I, I, I like those guys a lot. Why don't you talk a little bit about the clip that we're going to listen to? Okay. I do a a bit about homeschooling. It's kind of hard to set up a stand-up clip. The clip we are about to listen to is me talking about the difference between being raised homeschooled and going to a real school and having parents who have very conservative values. Well, uh, you can probably tell from looking at me how cool I am. Uh, it's because I was homeschooled. <laughs> Too cool for real school. Uh, homeschooling's a little weird. Uh, for instance, like, we didn't have science class. Uh, we just took Bible. Uh, twice. That's what we did. Uh, my favorite science lesson was, uh, Noah and the Ark. Uh, it's a fun one, because, uh, not only, this, the Bible leaves this out, but not only did Noah pick up the animals, but he also dropped them off in their proper climate. Allegedly. That the penguins do not belong in the Arctic and they were just assholes for 40 days and 40 nights. And it's like, are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? And it was like, if you guys don't shut the fuck up, I'm gonna drop you off in the Arctic with nothing but a bunch of bears. And since God made you flightless for some reason, you're evolutionarily fucked. It never, it never fails. After any show I tell that joke, somebody will come up to me and go, you do realize that penguins and polar bears are on the exact opposite part of the planet. I see a couple heads nodding like, yeah, you idiot. And I always respond, no, I didn't know that because I was fucking homeschooled. That is awesome. Yeah, that's a that's a fun joke to tell. That was really funny. Yeah, thank you very much. I thought it was laid out very well. Yeah, that bit took quite a while to write over time. It started with a joke about penguins, and then I started doing jokes about homeschooling, and that's kind of the creative process of stand-up. You don't sit down and write just like that whole thing in one sitting. It's mm-hmm. not like bridge over troubled water. You kind of start in the middle, and you take back steps and you find out what was working elsewhere and you're like, oh, hold on, there's a gap here and we can we can bridge these things together with thoughts and uh, that actually ends up becoming a, and you're like, oh, this is a minute and a half of a set, like, here we go. It all kind of works real well. And so that's one of those jokes that... And I feel like it's a really... Over time, it probably took two years to write that. Yeah, it's a really clean joke though and everyone can get a good laugh about it, you know? I do say fuck, I think, twice in that joke. Well... I, I just mean more like out. the subject matter. Yeah, you know? it's yeah. I'm not talking about you know sucking on titties or something. Not that that's wrong. <laughs> Everybody likes to suck on titties. Guys like titties. Girls like titties. Everybody likes titties. <laughs> Hi, mom. <laughs> Thank you for letting me suck on your titties when I was young. I don't know if that. That's <laughs> Who do you look up to most, comedian wise? Oh, I'd say probably Jesus Christ. <laughs> still funny to me it changes so much it really does i think the three questions you get asked most about stand-up are who's your favorite comic what do you do when somebody heckles and 
what do you think about Amy Schumer? <laughs> That's a big thing these days. Everybody's like, what do you hey, think about Amy Schumer? Uh, no comment. No, really? I no, I. She's pretty funny. Oh yeah, I think Amy Schumer. Right. Yeah, last I, year. I, I have no problem. Mm-hmm. I, I think some people just want to start this conversation about women not being funny or something. And I think it's the stupidest waste yeah. of time conversation. There's yeah. so many funny people. Yeah. Turns out half the population's women. There's going to be some funny women in there. It's going to be some very unfunny men. So end of discussion. But yeah, Amy Schumer's great. So I'd say the comic I look up to most is Amy Schumer. There we go. That's this is funny. two words I, worth of I, Amy Schumer hadn't even come to my mind at all. Oh yeah. No, she's 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 good. Uh, but who know. who do you like right now? Right now, you were gonna turn on some stand up. What would you turn on? Well, my favorite comic is that I love to listen to is uh, Brian Regan, who plays the Tivoli. He's one hundred percent clean and he's goofy, but he will have me dying laughing. Yeah, he's so opposite of what I do on stage, but I love his. What's one of your favorite so um, much. sets that he does? Brian Regan. Brian Regan has a joke. That I love. It's about if people who read books are so smart, how come they have to have the title of the book on every other page? <laughs> it's like you don't see that on Planet of the Apes, just like uh, at the bottom of the Planet of the Apes. Oh, okay, that explains these apes. It's, it's such a it's such a great joke. Yeah. Uh, so I I love Brian Regan. He's a comic I love and respect. But but Sam Talent is just truly, he's a friend of mine. He's a treasure to see every time he comes in town. He, he's not on TV or anything. I think he was on like an episode of Viceland. Mm-hmm. But he's come through JJ's, I think, three times. Honestly, just as getting to know him as a person and just watching his act, he's just, he's a powerhouse. Mm-hmm. Like, he's the best comic I've ever seen. Here is a clip from Sam Talent. I'm born and raised here, guys. I'm so glad to be home. Yeah, I'm so glad. I got 303 tattooed on my wrist right there. Yeah. Yeah, you guys know what that means. Bad decision-making skills. Three numbers. Two of them are the same. Put them on your wrist, idiot. Now when I'm on the... Show you, it's right there. All right, you see it? 303, it's not E-0-E, all right? No. 719, I don't suck, so I don't have that tattoo. It's like being proud of having 970 on your chest. No, thank you, no. Uh, I was in Minnesota recently, though, and this lady, she saw my tattoo, and she's like, Oh, you got 303, huh? What? If you haven't been to Minnesota, that's exactly how people talk. That's just dead on. Just all eyebrows and noises. Just watch. Like they're watching Up Close Magic the entire time. So this lady, she stops me at Arby's because that's where you ask strangers questions about your body, right? 
She was like, oh, you got 303. What's that? Why is it three? Huh? <laughs> I don't want to tell her it was my area code, like a fucking shovel victim. So I lied to her. I was like, oh, 303? Yeah, that's my target weight. I'll get to it one day. I have 720 crossed out on my other wrist. I'm a huge success story. And now a quick word from our sponsors. Track 29 is Chattanooga's premier entertainment venue, located on the south side in the historic Chattanooga Choo Choo Complex, hosting national, regional, and local talent in an intimate setting. Experience world-class music in a world-class venue. Check out the Track 29 calendar at www.track29.co and join the street team, the dispatchers, to be even more a part of the music experience. I have actually been on the street team for a couple of years now. I get to go to cool events and get show tickets for free. It's also a great way to meet other people who love music. If you would like more information, feel free to ask. Sam's just, he's a sweetheart and, and truly a great comic and I look up to him a lot. And anytime I'm getting pissed off at the wrong things in comedy, I, he is just kind of the foundation of just like, hey, we're actually all here to have a good time and work our asses off to make people laugh. And I'm like, oh, yeah, just remember he the easy stuff. Yeah. He's very grounded in, mm-hmm. in who he is. And he's he's just a, an amazing comic. That's what's great about JJ's is you'll get to see these guys who are better than people who are on TV making it right now for very low money. Uh, and you'll get to see people like, man, that was an, an one hell of a show. Mm-hmm. Keep your thumb to the pulse of what's relevant. You know, hopefully people will catch on. Out of the bigger name comedians that you'll see on Comedy Central or HBO or things like that. I'd be lying if I didn't say Louis C.K. wasn't like one of the biggest things that got me into doing stand-up. I mean, his show, watching him work out bits at the Comedy Cellar was the first time I realized, oh, comedians have to figure it out. Yeah. Like, I didn't know any of the the behind-the-scenes stuff. I just was like, well, they wrote that, they performed it, and it was always perfect. Mm -hmm. So seeing that was tremendous and is a huge influence on me at least getting involved in stand-up. And, I mean, dude, it's Louis C.K. He's amazing. Mm -hmm. Duh. I I love Maria Bamford a lot. She's so funny. We just had Kyle Kinane at the Honest Pint. He's quite a big deal these days. So those are some of the bigger ones. What uh, do you do Bill in your Cosby. free time when you're not doing comedy or cutting grass or giving beers out at JJ's? Well, I did say I do love HBO's Sunday Night yeah. lineup. <laughs> you go to a lot of uh, uh, punk it. music shows too, though. I do. I do. If I'm going to a show, generally speaking, I'm going to go to a lot of punk rock shows. They're you just, just went to fun. a festival? Yeah, I went to a Fest down uh-huh. in Gainesville. I got to perform down there in front of Guy Hoganane. They paid me in PBRs and free punk rock. And I was like, this rules. <laughs> so I want to do it every year I can. Yeah. So they had a whole stage just for comedy? Yeah, Kinda they like had. Instead, it wasn't a comedy festival. It was uh, a punk rock a festival. Punk rock, but yeah. they turned one bar during the daytime into just like, hey, we're going to set up some chairs. And it was about 300 seats. Kyle Kinane was the big headliner. Mm -hmm. And then they had, I think, roughly like 12 other comics get to do like eight minutes. It was great. It it was 
amazing people were getting out of the Florida heat to yeah. come inside and, you know, watch your act. And it, it was so much fun. And yeah. all the comics were from I bet there was a line the out the door. Yeah, there was at one point when Kyle was on. Yeah. Like, <laughs> early in the day, like, nobody really cared. Like, there was, like, about 60 people the yeah. second day I did it. But when I did it the first day, it was at capacity. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, it was terrific. That's awesome. Yeah, real It must fun. feel so good to have such a big crowd watching you. That's a lot of fun. It's not stressful at all. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, it really isn't that bad. I thought I would panic more on those rooms. It's actually way easier to perform in front of 300 people who are excited mm-hmm. than it is to perform into to eight people who are judging you. Yeah. So totally. that's nice. Well, I appreciate you coming out tonight. I'm very happy to do this. Yeah. And this we're, was a lot of fun. We're here at the Practica Galactica practice space, which is right off the exit of Brown's Ferry Road. And they rent out the space to bands that need to practice and record their practices. And and I appreciate them letting me be here. Yeah. I yeah. appreciate them letting me be here, too.